Welcome back to another episode of Observe and Report. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming here. Uh, I am <laughs> one of your hosts, Jason Simmons. Sitting next to me, Jack Smith. Hello. This is the show, Observe and Report. It's the show where we watch things and then we talk about them later and tell you about them and how we felt about them, really. It's a simple concept. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much to keep up with, necessarily. I'm no rocket scientist. <laughs> I can't be doing math and shit. I just talk. All I got is eyes and words. That's it. And don't we all? I mean, not technically. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> See, we veered off track and we're already getting things wrong. All right, what'd you watch? Let's get to the stuff when we watch. Um, I have seen a few things. Uh, one big thing I wanted to talk about was... um daredevil season three um i make my way through it i'm not all the way done yet um but i am currently on episode six and i just want it's a 13 episode season uh, which is a decent size i think Mm -hmm. um but uh in watching this uh every other marvel tv show should feel embarrassed Mm -hmm. and like they should step their game up because this is amazing it is really good it is the best season of Marvel TV they have had oh, wow. in like the four or five years that Marvel TV has been around. Okay. Um, it is... I don't know. Agent Carter was pretty great. In my <laughs> opinion. I'm sure it was fun, but they don't get to do the things I think that Daredevil is doing. <laughs> or they didn't allow themselves to, perhaps. She used her brain to fight crime, Jason. Okay. And... You can't all have amazing martial arts skills. He learned those, and he gets beat up a lot. <laughs> Way more than Agent Carter. <laughs> um, and I don't think she gets beat up at all on that show. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a very long time ago. <laughs> um... But that being said, um, they do cool things insofar as they get a little experimental this season. In one episode... Sexually speaking? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it is on Netflix. <laughs> there are no rules. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say storytelling-wise, they... I guess they have the cloud to go ahead and say, all right, half of an episode, is gonna, it's going to be in black and white, and it's going to be done like a stage play. Oh, what? Yeah. A character is like listening to tapes and essentially on like the history of this one person and they just go back to like this is this person at five years old and just observing them you know have an interaction like with their coach on their little league team and then we cut forward a couple of years later they're in high school and they're, they're talking to with a therapist and just like that interaction there and then later on where they're like you know an adult working like in a in a call center and just seeing that interaction there. But it's just, you get to see this person's life in a half hour. And it's just like, whoa, wait, is this a superhero show? What am I watching right now? Cool. They get very, that's like the first thing where I was like, oh, this is different. They're taking chances. And it's good that they feel comfortable enough to do that. And they have, I guess, enough respect for the viewers to be like, no, 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 no. We, we totally expect that you would get along with this and like this and that you're smart enough to understand what's happening here. So just in that one sequence alone, but outside of that, like... Do you think that they got new writers or anything? I don't like, think so. Stuff? No, they're just kind of going for it? I think this is a team that, like, has, like, gelled together and, like, knows how to work together well. Nice. Um, production-wise, and so far as, like, you know, just the directors that they have come on to direct it, uh, I think they have good producers and just, like, writers that are willing to take some chances, I think. And I think maybe just, like, the production team is just let- allowing them to take chances because they've proven to have a good track record, I think. Um, but that being said, it does do 
its hallmarks really well. Like um, every season of Daredevil um, has a crazy follow cam hallway fight. Like oh, okay, that goes yeah. on for like, you know, five to seven minutes, whatever, of just like, you know, a camera on the actor Charlie Cox, like fighting dudes in the hallway. And everyone's expecting it, but no one ever knows where it's going to show up. Mm. And then when it shows up, it's like, okay, this is different. Does it feel fresh every time? It feels fresh every time. And this one felt the freshest because. <laughs> <laughs> Which feels like a weird thing to say. Like you just stepped out of a springtime waterfall. <laughs> Have you ever had herbal essences? It feels <laughs> a lot like that. All right? Gotcha. Orgasm in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it just, you you don't expect it. He's just like going to like talk to someone in a prison. And then, oh, guess what? Here's an eight minute fight scene. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now? We're doing it now? <laughs> like, it just, it just happens out of nowhere. Okay. Um, but it's so enjoyable to, to see. Um, and on top of that they're doing a lot of things with the characters and so far as like twisting what you expect of them and showing you well this is why this person is this person oh that's cool like this, here's a defining moment as to why they are this person that's nice I feel like they often don't get into that type of stuff yeah. or they have to kind of gloss over it because they're rushing through it and yeah. there's a lot more story to tell and action mm-hmm. and shit to blow up and, so that's nice and that being said I think since we last recorded to now um, two of those Marvel shows got cancelled Oh, no shit. Yeah, they canceled uh, Iron Fist and they canceled Luke Cage. I didn't know they straight up canceled them. Yeah, which feels like Netflix never does, right? Yeah, no. Like, especially like for big things like that, which I feel have like a huge fan base behind them. And I have not heard any hubbub. Yeah, like it just happened quietly. You know I keep my ear to the street for, yeah, for you, Netflix you hubbub. Keep your ear on the street, all right? Your finger on the pulse, okay? <laughs> um, Interesting, okay. Yeah, Um, and I guess it's, it's I don't know what's going on and so far as like you know there was talk the other day of like netflix having like some debt troubles um apparently they're like 12 billion in the hole because they borrowed a lot of money in order to like create their uh new original programming back in like 12 billion dollars oh yeah but it's cool it's netflix they they have that to make back. what <laughs> yeah what <laughs> it's more money i don't know what to even say to that <laughs> yeah okay all but, right Shit. They, uh, yeah, I, I think that's like something that people just, I guess, don't realize. Like, yeah, they're a little bit in debt, but it kind of doesn't matter because they're making it back. They borrowed it. It doesn't mean they're not paying it back. They are in the process of paying it back. Um, in addition to that, uh-huh. um, they borrowed that money not to just, you know, go ahead and create the original programming. They did it to create this brand new actual physical studio um, out in New Mexico um, that they were going to start, like, shooting things out of. What? Yeah. Like, it's... Is it new? What? <laughs> yeah, it's. This is I have all many questions. Crazy. Okay, but in the Southwest, they're going to build this brand new, like you know, production studio out there, like you would in Hollywood, but because of taxes right. and space, and I think just it's dumb cheap. Like they're going out there to do that. Like they're they're in it to win it. They are like knee deep in this business. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, this is like the expansion of Netflix. Like, who knows what Netflix will look like in the coming years? If you'll even get things like you know coming out of theaters to Netflix anymore. Or if it'll just be their own original programming. Who knows? Oh, God. Um, it's, it's a curious time, I guess. What a wild world we live in. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my Netflix. So that's been Netflix Minute. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, let's talk about, as we should, mm-hmm. The Last Ship. Okay. Let's do this. Set sail. <laughs> Tow anchor or drop anchor. Pull anchor. And let's get on The Last Ship. 
Yeah, you'd have to pull it up and then hoist hoist the the jibs and the sails. Get that mizzen mast doing something. Yeah, poop decks and <laughs> riffraff. Um, do I realize that it is fully just American propaganda? Yes. <laughs> it has never been made more clear, <laughs> and it was very clear before. It's produced like by Michael Bay, right? The most American man. <laughs> A true patriot, if you will. I hear he bleeds blue jeans. <laughs> I hear that also. Because as you know, I keep my ear to the street. Um, it, I think there are only a couple episodes left. This is it. They're like closing it out. Will they go into 2019 or will they end by the end of 2018? No, I think they'll end by the end of 2018. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, uh, what just happened? I don't want to spoil it because I'm sure so many people will be I'm, watching. No spoilers here. Not, not for the last show. Um, there's really nothing. What can you even say about that show? It's very formulaic. You just go in, there's a bad guy, there's some problems, and then they magically get out of the problems. But So they just got out of a recent problem. <laughs> uh, in South America. Yeah, and there's probably going to be another one, and then they're going to like win and stuff. Okay, but how do you feel as a viewer in these waning days of The Last Ship? These last days of The Last Ship? How do I feel? Because you've been with it from the start. like Indeed I have. You Jason. really have been. It's not like something you came in like you know in season three like I heard about the show The Last Ship. No, you were on board. I am no Last on. Ship bandwagon jumper. <laughs> I think I'm the only person. You didn't come there when they won a couple of championships, all right? <laughs> <laughs> You're there from day one. I have. Um, uh, I mean, it's not as exciting because it has become so formulaic. Uh-huh. Um, and the propaganda meter has been like ramped up quite a bit mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's a react because i don't know if it's a reaction to politics right now um in the last couple of years potentially like shows get characterized like that and we don't even think about them like mm-hmm. as we're watching them yeah um especially because they're making the i don't know if they're trying to villainize like south american countries but they also have allies too it's just Mm -hmm. um it's just so much like america because i'm sure most of the viewers of that show are not 31 year old asian women (laughs) i think they're probably mostly like i think you do fall outside the demographic you know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's probably just mostly older white people um so I don't know if it's reacting to them and just trying to maintain that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not as into it as I was, like, maybe seasons two and three. It's a show probably for, like, white males aged, like, 40 to, like, 65. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. There Maybe the children of those men who are also white men would be into it. Probably, yeah. But for the most part, yeah. So, but that's not saying that you don't you can't watch it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's still it's fine. Right, it's still the most diverse cast on television. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. I um, did not know that they had like such a diverse cast. They totally do. Although I will say, and I didn't realize that this was a common trope because I don't watch scary movies. Okay. Um, but I guess in like I guess scary horror or whatever movies. 
they often like kill lesbians first is that true i wouldn't say that usually in like slasher films okay um what you will see is that the people that have sex die first maybe it's just in tv in general now that they mm-hmm. tend to kill lesbian like women first oh okay which i know i've heard somewhere and is weirdly true mm-hmm. <laughs> at least from what i view like they killed um like women one... die in slasher films like right, that is like right, an exploitative right. an, exp- an exploitative thing that occurs right a lot um so i wasn't sure if that if this was falling into that category because there was a woman who was gay but then i don't know if like the, this other lady was pretending to be gay mm. because they were a couple or if she really was in love with her got a little weird um but it is it's like a pretty diverse cast um is it still helmed by white guys yes but in a puffy face eric dane because he's sad and probably on medications <laughs> i feel like it's okay for me to say that because i'm also on medications <laughs> Um, so, and I feel like he's not as into it either. And okay. And you can kind of see that. Which is, at, at that Fair. point, they've been going five, like five years now, right? Yeah. So, hey, if people want to tap out, they should do other things. It. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not as into it as I used to be, mm-hmm. but I want to see it to its end. Okay. Which I'm sure I could predict. <laughs> which is uh, victory for America <laughs> and freedom. <laughs> there's no Pyrrhic victory. There's no like, you know, but at what cost? Nah, at no cost. We won. That's... I mean, no, they're... American lives have been lost, Jason. Okay. I Again, I've only seen episode one, but war lives Wolf have been lost. Wolf almost died. Is he American? No, he's Australian. But <laughs> Wolf almost died. It was harrowing. Okay. That was probably the most panicked I've been on that show. He's so <laughs> handsome. Um, so yeah, that's uh, one thing. What else you got? Um, oh, sorry. oh, sorry. Speaking of Panic, um, I and speaking of slasher films, I did see Halloween uh, this week. Oh, the new one? The new remake. Very uh, cool. Directed by David Gordon Green, starring uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and yeah, like that movie's getting like, a lot of good reviews, a lot of accolades. Um, broke a bunch of records. No way. Um, like best opening, I believe, for that week, I think. And also like best opening for a lead woman uh, over 55. Because there probably aren't any other movies like that. Probably really. not. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's doing really well, and it's it's good. I liked it. I re- I did enjoy the movie. Um, it somehow manages to be like a genre film, and like does like follow in those steps of like exploitation of like you know women dying and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like very empowering as well because it's like three generations of like women like fighting against Michael Myers, which is like oh shit, interesting. Okay. Um, there are people that you don't expect in it, like Judy Greer's in it, and she does oh, like, a great cool. job. She always pops up in stuff. She's busy. Like, she was in Jurassic Park, the most recent Jurassic Park yes, movie, she or like, like the one before that. She's yeah. like in big things, yeah. and like you don't even realize it. Yeah. Like, and also like she's like been in things that people really like, like Arrested yeah. Development, and like um, Archer as mm-hmm. like you know a reoccurring, if not like you know a central character to those shows and whatnot. Um, I like the stuff that she picks too. Yes, she feels like she makes good choices. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, Danny McBride's first shot at like writing a movie that's not a comedy, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's scary at like multiple points. Um, the premise of the film being that you know it's been forty years since Michael Myers like you know uh, wreaked havoc on Had Haddon's Field, I believe, um, Illinois, and he has been locked away since, and now he's back. Like he, so he's a geriatric serial killer. 
he's definitely in his 60s, like, killing people. <laughs> hmm. But, of course, there's a suspension of disbelief because that character is, like, you know, excuse me, virtually immune to bullets and, like, is, like, super strong and all that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, well, okay. that's just, like, the way they play it. Okay. Um, But that being said, like, they discount virtually every other Halloween film. Oh. There are about seven movies between Halloween 1 and this one. Nope, they don't exist. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> um, fair. In that time, Jamie Lee Curtis has appeared in a couple of them and has had, like, different kids in each one. <laughs> and one of those kids was, like, Josh Hartnett in one of those movies. Oh. Erased. No longer. Um, it's Aww. just Judy Greer plays her daughter in this Poor movie. Poor Josh Hartnett. Um, and the way they play the movie, it feels a lot, a lot like Terminator or Terminator 2, mm. um, where in which, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is a badass older woman who has, like, trained her kid, like, this is what happens when they come back because oh. they will come back. Oh. Like, I have to prepare you for this war that is going to come to your doorstep. What What is the setting? Like, what place? Oh, it's like in a small town in the middle of Illinois. And she didn't think to move? She, but that's the thing. That, and through the movie, you discover, like, oh, I want Michael to come back. Oh. I want to end this. Oh. Like, it's interesting because like they play on the idea of, like, you know, what happens when fear strikes a person? Mm-hmm. Like, do you become prey do you consistently live with that or do you become a predator mm. and like fight or flight baby yeah and it plays a lot with that idea of like you know what does fear do to a person what is your flight or flight response and jamie lee curtis like seemingly like her whole life is one built of fear where it's like i'm gonna live in this cabin alone in the woods stock up on guns and hide in this basement and, like you know have this bunker essentially fortified in case michael myers ever comes back into the outside of you oh she's terrified oh no I'm hunting him. She's preparing. I'm ready for when that when he comes so that I can destroy him. It's like what you discover her motivation is. Hmm. Um, there's some really cool homages to like, you know, things in the previous series and whatnot. Like they like recreate shots and whatnot. That's cool. There's a really good tracking scene of like uh, Michael Myers like in a murder montage. Like it's just, it's very creepy too because it looks like it could be a scene from like Hocus Pocus with like kids running around the street but then he just like sneaks off into like the alleys and like goes mm, to people's homes and mm-mm. does some really naughty things to people naughty <laughs> um, but that being said um, it's the one thing I don't like about Michael Myers movies is always some scientist obsessed with like Michael Myers who's like oh, how, why but why does he kill like who cares like stop you creepy old man oh, gotcha. it's, that's a consistent thing in those films um, but I I really did enjoy my time with that movie um, how was the oh. audience Oh, it's a horror audience. They sucked. Oh, I was <laughs> um, hoping someone would break the mold. But, like, you know, you get over it. Um, you just get in the groove. And just, I, like, do you, though, out. Jason? I don't think you're over it. I'm, like, irritated. <laughs> but at this point, it's like, well, what are you going to do? No. <laughs> just roll with the punches. Um, the audience was, it was big. It was packed on a Tuesday night. That's cool. Like, it was sold out on a Tuesday night. Um, which means, I guess, they're going to do well again this weekend. But um, the audience was mainly folks like in their older folks but there were kids there don't bring your children to a movie like this like the kids didn't like make noise or anything like that but it's like that's not something you bring a kid for their mental and emotional health yeah it's like and it's not even like you know the kids like oh they're in middle school it's like no that kid's like definitely eight no like they don't need to see this ironic coming from you who saw things when you were way too young yeah but i mean how you turned out a lot of that was on my own exploration oh so it's like yeah don't force that on your kid necessarily okay but um but yeah i saw halloween it was good cool yeah how about yourself what else have you been watching um doctor who i think there's been four episodes so far mm-hmm. um 
I absolutely love, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name, the woman who plays the new doctor. She's totally unique. Um, she's fun, but she's also like gets business done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she is um, kind of the most human doctor. Um, usually you're very aware that he's like the smartest guy in the room and he's flying around, but she really cares about the, her companions and um, seems more like one of them, even though she is oh. still the smartest person in the room and she knows it, but she treats them as peers as opposed to, at least in my opinion, treats them more as peers rather than uh, this cute girl flying around the universe with me that's a very different dynamic because in previous doctor who's just always feels like well catch up dum-dum like we have to like go right. to this thing and, and they're not always as explicit as that of course right, or right, as right. mean as that but it just feels like that's the thing that's you know consistent in doctor who yeah okay um i like all the companions um they i think it's a little bit tougher to flesh them out more because there are three of them um and they're only four episodes in okay um it is a bit heavy-handed with the morality lessons, but mm-hmm. I personally don't have a problem with that, considering the state of our country at the moment. Mm-hmm. I and that the audience—I mean, it's a lot of—it's probably more adults than kids at this time, but it's a, definitely a show that kids can watch, and mm-hmm. it's very good for them to see that. That's nice. Yeah. They did an episode all about um, Rosa Parks cool yeah um because this guy was going back in time to change things he couldn't hurt anybody mm-hmm. but he could change events so that that so that she never moved her seat on the bus okay and so they're just trying to stop him from doing that so that she would have that moment and that wouldn't change things all right um but it's uh a black guy and then i think she's indian oh maybe Pakistani I don't actually know I'm sorry okay um but to like brown people um in 19 oh boy really showing my ignorance here <laughs> early Jason. 1960s yes thank you that. I'm not exactly sure when the boycott occurred yes. and when that with the exact date of that um not a great time for brown people no um so kind of tough before like 1975 is what it feels like not great now (laughs) and as you go back just worse and worse (laughs) um so um they they deal with that and but they also kind of joke of some guys goes to the girl who is um either indian or pakistani and he's like this mexican (laughs) and she's like oh my gosh (laughs) um so yeah, they dealt with it well. I thought it was great. Um, I think some people might be turned off by the heavy-handedness of it, but I'm enjoying it. And well, I really I mean, like all of them. They're very caring to each other, and mm-hmm. it's nice. I mean, I feel, I feel that's, you know, inherent in sci-fi. That we have morality lessons here. Yeah. That we do deal with like societal issues like through the mirror of science fiction or through yeah. like this alternate world sometimes. Star Trek classic. Speaking of mirrors, something that kind of blew my mind the other day. As as you know, um, people think I've seen way more Black Mirror than I have. I've not seen much of that show at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to that point, um, someone pointed out to me like what Black Mirror actually meant. Like, because it's a dark reflection of man. 
no idiot like <clears throat> the black reflection of like you know the screens that we are always involved in television screens phone screens oh. and just like huh, not cute that is that nice smart <laughs> like, that's such a good that's a great point what you thought of that i did not yeah <laughs> oh i just feel dumb <laughs> that's really cool I'm still not going to watch it, but that's great. <laughs> I will watch it. I will. It's just I want to give it the right amount of time and, like, proper attention. And I don't think it's a particularly uplifting show. No, no. Be- not at all. So it's really tough to watch something like that now, which I think is why I also like Doctor Who. It's very positive mm-hmm. um, and showing really kind, good people. Um, and randomly, Chris Noth, who... Noth? Noth? Mr. This Big? is not a Tonya ta ta what, what Tony Tanya? Yeah, it's not a Tonya Tanya situation. It's, Tonya. That's why. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> God damn it. Um, he was in the latest episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mr. Big. Um, he's just like an American guy in England. <laughs> Does he look the same? I feel like he's kind of ageless a little bit. Yeah, I know. He looks good. Okay. I feel like he's looked like he's been 52 since he was 38. Yeah. Okay. Still just tall and handsome and confident. <laughs> He feels like a burly man. I would trust him. <laughs> in an emergency situation, I'd hide behind him. Be like, this guy, this confident <laughs> white man in his shield. 50s will probably get me out of wherever. <laughs> uh, um, seeing as how we're coming out of the Halloween season, when I did get into a bit more uh, spooky stuff, I guess. But um, one thing I did check out on Netflix that's really good, and I don't know how many people have actually seen it, but uh, Castlevania. On Netflix, the uh, animated show. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, oh, it's not sweet at all. It is gory and bloody. Oh, and... I'm thinking of a. Oh, I think I'm thinking of Hotel Transylvania. Oh no, <laughs> that's a very different show. <laughs> Super different. My bad. Um, Castlevania, based on the game series that started like in '86, um, and it's been going since like today. Um, it is an animated adaptation of like a couple different storylines of it. Um, basically, the main storyline being that. Dracula has waged war on humanity because they killed his wife, his human wife. Oh, yeah. I think I started watching it, and then I stopped because I was like, I'm good. <laughs> um, it's written by uh, Warren Ellis, who's one of my favorite uh, comic writers, and also just novel writers as well. Um, but the animation's super cool and fluid. Um, it's true-ish to the games and is much easier to follow than those games. They're so convoluted. But this is just really straightforward. Dracula's wage war against humanity, uh, a drunkard vampire hunter, a wizard, and the son of Dracula are teaming up to take him down. Um, and they have some really good voice acting there, like Richard Armitage, mm. as like, you know, so the, he is like the main drunkard uh, vampire hunter. Oh. Um, they have James Callis from Battlestar Galactica um, as the son of Dracula. And Maura Quark from Guts. Um, I don't know if you remember. Nope. I it just blew my mind. Like, we are alive? And you've been voice acting for all these years? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> um But outside of that, it's good. It's like an adult uh cartoon. Um and yeah, I just really liked it. It's short too. Um when you say adult cartoon. I mean like violent. There we go. <laughs> I just wanted to specify <laughs> what Netflix is putting out there. Not like an adult cartoon, but, you know, a cartoon for adults. Yeah, like, it's it's 
it's violent. Um, the characters have great banter with each other, hmm. consistently like crapping on each other, um, but also like helping each other out, lifting each other up. Um, and yeah, I'm just surprised that something that is an adaptation of a video game is like, oh, this is like good. I'd recommend this to other people. <laughs> um, and it's short. There are only 12 episodes in total between two seasons. Um, the first season is only four episodes. You can literally kill it in two hours. Um, yeah, I would recommend anyone check this out. If you like animation, action, or video games, check it out. Cool. Um, I watched, and I texted you because I was so excited about it, mm-hmm. um, a recommendation of yours, which mm-hmm. was Over the Garden Wall. Yes. On Hulu. Mm-hmm. And it is so delightful and weird and hilarious. Yes! Oh, I, I just kept thinking, like, how did they pitch this series? <laughs> because it's two brothers, Wirt and Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, Wirt's the older brother. Greg's the little brother. Greg has an upside-down teapot on his head. And he wears a hat to He wears a hat. He has this pet frog. Uh, they get lost in the woods, and they're just trying to make their way out of the woods, and this little bird is helping them. Plus from Melanie Linsky. Yep. And so they're just going on little adventures. And Elijah Wood is the older brother, and he's great. He's, yeah, doing some really good work there. Yeah. Um, and it's just really fun and silly and weird, but it's really funny. Yes. Um, like the and they're short episodes. They're like 11-minute episodes. That's the other part I forgot to mention. It is – they're like vignettes almost. I <laughs> still haven't finished short. it. But <laughs> <laughs> that being said, um, but it's really fun and I was so pleasantly surprised. About where did you get to in watching it? Um, they just left the pumpkin people. Ooh, yes, the pumpkin people. That was like really good, and creepy. Yes, but like really good. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to, I think to like delve into in that show. Um, and like secrets get revealed, and like you know, oh, that's why this character is this way. Um, and they do it very quickly too. I don't think there are many episodes of that show, even at being yeah. like eleven episodes a piece. It was done like originally as just like a mini series on Cartoon Network. I don't think they have any plans to do anything else oh, with it. It's so charming. It is. It really is. And, and the animation looks it looks cool and it's fun. Yeah, it really is. I remember when they first announced it, I was like, "This looks so weird and cool." Like, but I didn't have cable at the time. I was like, "I guess I'll never see it." But that was just at the advent of streaming, so it's like, "Oh, here it is, the whole thing." Like, I'll check this out. And I remember I started watching it in the summertime, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I gotta save this. I didn't know this was like a Halloween thing. Yeah, it's much more, it's perfect for the fall. Yes, it is such a fall show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you sat down to watch it. I did. It was really <laughs> lovely. Okay. Um, with that, I think we will take a very quick break and we will be back with you in a moment. We have to interrupt this programming with an urgent bulletin from Union City. Crush! The calamity that walks is devastating downtown. Cars, streets, buildings, whole blocks are being laid to waste by this monstrosity. Wait a moment. We're, we're getting news, yes. The Union of Heroes is on the scene and they are now evacuating the area, saving civilians and launching a counterattack against the colossal force of havoc. The fight is on in the streets and in the skies above Union City. And I'm being handed another bulletin. It's exciting news. You can join the fight and become a part of the super-powered epic. Union City Heroes is now live on Kickstarter! Seriously, Union City Heroes is the newest and coolest comic book superhero role-playing game. A unique blend of strong, number-based systems and incisive storytelling elements. 
There are older systems for playing superhero RPGs, but none of them feature this extraordinary balance of the two extremes of rules and narrative. For example, supervillains have a set block of statistics with attacks, damage, numbers for dodging, overcoming, and resisting others. Supervillains have various stages in combat. When a villain is defeated, that may end the encounter, or the heroes could press their advantage and fight the new mode of the supervillain. Minions and challenges during combat are not only things that can be diffused in multiple ways by the heroes, but they also provide bonuses to the main villain while they are active. This means combats are multifaceted, exciting, and versatile. But that doesn't extend to only villains and fights. Union City Heroes features numerous innovations, ideas, and advancements in role-playing games. The list of powers that players can use to make their heroes is long enough to let people create even the most creative and unique of heroes, but not so long that brand new players can't jump in and play this game for the first time. One of the ways they achieve this is with an infinite list of qualities. Each power is linked with a number of qualities. This means that while the shield power functions the same for each player, the qualities assigned to that same power makes the shield look and feel different from character to character. And it also means that players don't need to learn an endless procession of rules and abilities and options. Union City Heroes offers limitless diversity with a learning curve that means any player can pick up Union City Heroes and play it right away. But that's not all. Union City is not just the name of the game. Union City is an awesome setting that is rich, diverse, and full of more comic book adventures and stories than you can imagine. Paul Malko has decades worth of stories and characters all laid out in this game. Union City will have maps and complete history with landmarks, roads, buildings, and multiple settings to play in. Alexander the Great, the Tyrannodon of the Dino Mafia, Crush, the Calamity that Walks, Dr. Necronomicon, Prince Vice, Kali, and villains of every shape and size stride across the landscape of Union City. And to fight these deadly ne'er-do-wells, dozens of heroes will be fully described with statistics and art in this book. And what art? Antonio Garcia will create scores of new pieces of art for this book, bringing Union City to life in full color. Creative, unique, beautiful art that will make you feel like you're right there on the streets of Union City. There's a lot more to say about Union City Heroes, so check out their website, unioncityheroes.com. Check out Facebook at facebook.com slash unioncityheroes for upcoming events. And most importantly, go to Kickstarter and back Union City Heroes now. Welcome to Union City Heroes. And we're back. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for doing that little break there. Um, but yeah, I have also been looking at more things. Um, blah, 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 outside of Castlevania, we were just looking at that. Ah, I've been watching Stand Against Evil on Hulu. Oh, yes. Um, I don't know if anyone, I don't know who works as far as like algorithms. I don't know if it just pushes things that like, well, you watch this, we think you'd like this, if they push that to the top, I guess. But this just wound up there. I remember seeing ads for this. I was like, I want to check this show out. It looks weird. What is this? Um, and I finally got a chance to look at it. Um, stars uh, John C. McGinley and Janet Varney. Like they're the two leads, the co-leads, I guess. Um, written by Dana Gould, um, who's written all things. I didn't know Dana Gould wrote it. Yeah, that's cool. Like he's written on The Simpsons, and like you know, is a lauded stand-up comedian and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like I started watching. I was like, oh, this is like Evil Dead Light. Interesting. Like it's like creepy, but like funny, like consistently funny throughout. Um, just a weird small cast of characters. It's like. Uh, Janet Varney is a new sheriff in town. Um, she's succeeded uh, John C. McGinley, who just retired because his wife died, and he just Aww. decided to, like, you know, I want to hang up the gun and the hat and just 
go home to my daughter, my very weird adult daughter. <laughs> like his daughter is very weird and socially awkward, but Aww. like she reminds me a lot of Tina from uh, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like she's fun. <laughs> um, but it's a small town where in which like creepy things start happening. Uh, in the town in I believe in New Hampshire, it is uh, about two hundred years ago or three hundred years ago. Um, one hundred seventy-seven witches were like burned in that town oh no like wrongfully accused none of them were actually witches or if they were practicing because magic they, they don't not. exist because they don't exist <laughs> I, guess. I like that you said it as if there are some witches out there <laughs> but they got the wrong ones <laughs> they got the wrong ones all right they were good witches <laughs> um but no like the, the premise being that like you know they they killed all these these women and and people and just indiscriminately and just strongly and they're getting revenge on the town. Like, they want to kill, like, you know, the town constable, who at this point is Janet Varney. And she's like, why me? <laughs> um, she's very much put upon, and it's very funny to see. Like, oh, God, I had to do all this stupid demon stuff. I just wanted to write tickets. That's all I Aww. wanted to do. <laughs> um, and she's really good in it. Um, and McGinley's good in it, too. He's just very cantankerous, as he is in things. Um, and just seeing those two, like, play off each other is really fun. Cool. Um, yeah, I just like it. If you like, you know funny creepy things this definitely falls in that category you said it's on hulu it's on hulu yeah all right cool um but yeah what else have you been looking at speaking of creepy mm-hmm. um the walking dead okay um i know you haven't Can't watched it check it out oh, next year God. um what can i even say about it then <laughs> well, how is it making you feel? You're ruining my life, Jason. Like I hear that it's I what did you, what did you see Andrew Lincoln's last episode? Uh it's tomorrow it's tomorrow now what's the situation there is i know that he is leaving the show because he's just done it's been almost 10 years at this yeah point. of course yeah but how they set it up where in which you know he is exiting i guess it's not really a spoiler for me like i i am he, he's not he ain't gone yet so what does it look like insofar as like how, why why what is the setup for, for rick not being there anymore um spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it it's just me basically i guess <laughs> <laughs> It's, I was hoping it would be, so the main storyline, I'm just kind of like, whatever, it's, uh, it's at this point, it's the Sanctuary people and the Rick's group, like Mm -hmm. the good guys, basically, them trying to work together, but obviously things are not going to go super smoothly, Mm -hmm. Negan's still alive, but in jail, um, and so that's the main storyline that I do not care about at all. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, there is a kind of B storyline with that helicopter that was shown ages ago. Yeah, very briefly. I do remember So, this. yeah, that's starting to have things happen. Okay. Still a, kind of a mystery, but there are glimpses. Okay. Um, but Rick's... I wanted Rick's death to be... Because there's so much tension between the two parties... Mm-hmm. I wanted his, and like uh, the sanctuaries, everyone's unhappy. The sanctuary is unhappy. Um, the main people are unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted Rick's death to be kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back and kind of sets off. Because uh, he had been keeping the two groups just huh. barely cool with each other so i thought this was gonna be like oh here's a turning point okay we gotta pick sides here we go interesting but it's not (laughs) okay um and i think the next episode 
is just going to be like flashback type things. Oh, like Rick's greatest hits. Kind of. Okay. And you know what? I don't care. I've seen it through tens, like however many seasons it is. Like, I want to see something new. I don't need an hour of flashbacks. I I am personally curious. Um, just just want to see those clips, I guess, personally, because it's been on for a while. I, I forget a little bit what season one looked like and what season two looked like. Better. But... They looked good. <laughs> 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 but I think one thing that's um that's going to be interesting going back, I guess, is just in those clips like showing like you know a character's history on a show. Usually there are like fun times in there. It feels like yeah. Rick has never had a good day since he woke up in that hospital bed. His best day was when he found Lori and Carl again. Yeah. There was like a solid four hours of joy and mm-hmm. then everything was downhill from there. He didn't have... He's won things. They've had victories. Yeah. But not, there's not been a point of joy really. Even no. to the point of finding out like, oh man, like I found my wife and kid again. Great. You were sleeping with who? Oh, yeah. is this baby mine? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> like, it's a lot of, like, in the comments, what they call them? They call them, like, the saint, the the, pa- the patron saint of pain. Like, mm, everyone yeah. around him is going to be hurt yeah. or broken so true. or die. But, like, Rick will remain eternal. Yeah. And he has to live with all of that. It's like a punishment. Yeah. yeah. But, like, to, it's interesting now in a show where in which he's not that. Where he himself may die or may go away some way somehow, mm-hmm. how do how do the rest of the characters carry on? Is what yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, it's and as much as that show is like an ensemble, it is very Rick focused. Oh yeah. So like, who do you focus on now? Do you even focus on anyone? Do we just like go That's the thing, and look at everyone all together all the time? Is we oh. spent so many seasons with the main group, mm-hmm. the Glenn, Carol, Maggie, blah blah blah. Um, so when those people do die, it's a big deal and mm-hmm. you feel emotions. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but now it is such a big group and they haven't been around that long. Mm-hmm. So when people die, I don't care as much because I'm actively rooting for the priest to die. I mm. can't stand him. I liked him uh, in the previous season. I feel he came around a mm-hmm. lot more because mm-hmm. the he was like, why are you even here, dead weight? <laughs> um, and I like Seth Gilliam as an actor. Like, I think he's great. But I just did not like that character at all. Um, but at this point, like, you know, in the previous season, it's like, no, 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 I, I get it now. The, the, yes, you picking up a gun is the best thing that could have happened to this character. Like, you're in it. Like, even you were still the moral center of this group, I guess. But at the same time, you understand, like, yes, this is, you have to do these things sometimes. Uh, and you have to make these sacrifices. And, like, I like that this character finally figured that out. But to hear he sucks again? Ah, oh, that, that annoys me. I, well, he's sappy, and I don't care for sap. <laughs> okay. So, uh, um, so you might not dislike him as much as I do. Okay. But, yeah, so now that, most of the main characters are gone. It's just Daryl, Michonne, Maggie, and Rick. Like the, these are the originals. Those basically. are the originals. Yeah. So Daryl being the most original of all of them, he was there from yeah, season one. Absolutely. So and there, I mean, I don't know if Maggie's a fan favorite. I don't find her particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but her baby is so cute. She finally had it. She finally had the baby. <sighs> Thank God. A cute little half season Asian baby. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm partial, but um, 
um, so yeah, I I don't know who the new leader is going to be because it could be any of those three people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Carol's there also. Okay, and she's awesome. Carol always feels like Jamie Lee Curtis Jr. Yeah, right. I'm fine totally. with that. <laughs> and she's had such a great arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm basically just watching to see it to the end because I've gone this far. Right. I'll be damned if I'm not going to see what goes on. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I've been a pretty solid defender of the series for a while because right. it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just getting real tired because they're dragging out the whole Rick's death thing. Like, why are you... Not everyone, not every viewer may have known that. Mm-hmm. Some people may be more casual viewers. So right. you're just ramping up this stupid thing. Like, just keep it under wraps so it's more of a surprise to at least some people. Yeah, because it keep it feels like you oh. know they're eulogizing him before he even dies. Like they in the are. ads, it's ridiculous. Of just like Andrew Lincoln's final. Like, okay, cool, we get it. But it just yeah. feels like that's the whole theme of the season. And you're kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah. I uh, it I don't know. It's frustrating because I would be okay with not knowing when in the series he's going to die, just mm-hmm. knowing that he will. Fine. And that feels like a drive to push up ratings. So it just is. like, hey, it, we're we're slacking here, like, yeah. and we're not going up against anything on Sunday nights. Like, who? What's our drama I mean, competitor? The last ship is. Oh, I'm sorry. My apology. At the exact same time. <laughs> God. And who knows? That may really be its competition at this point in time. Like. I, there's been a lot of viewer drift, I think, from Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe the last great hurrah of it was two years ago yeah. at the appearance of, like, Negan. Mm-hmm. Because that was a mystery that, like, you know, paid off. Mm-hmm. It's like, who the fuck is Negan? And, like, just their initial reaction of, like, Negan, we don't care what his name is. We, we will kill him. We win every time. We're the best. Yeah. And then they do the thing they said they'd do. Totally got him. Found a lot of nerds that said their name was Negan. Whatever. And then they pay the most for it. And then they finally meet him, and it's like, oh, this is the devil incarnate. Like, he is handsome, smooth-talking, and will kill you at the drop of a dime. He is handsome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shit, the devil's real, and he is powerful. The thing is, they really peaked with him when he went around and smashed everyone's heads in. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Glenn. Um, and then and after- Abraham. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Glenn <laughs> and yeah um, they kind of make a point of that too which is Daryl being like you wouldn't be here if it weren't for Glenn like what the fuck like why are you keeping Negan alive mm-hmm. um, I forgot what I was going to say because I was just overwhelmed by thoughts of Glenn um, <laughs> that feels like a wonderful album thoughts of Glenn <laughs> <laughs> it's just me staring into clouds um, anyway so yeah it's uh, I'm just getting through it Okay. That's all. It feels like you're not having a fun time. I'm not. I don't like sap. Okay. And they love just doing close-ups of Andrew Lincoln's sweaty face. You hate tree sap. You hate Warren sap. I know that you don't like sap (laughs) at all. Those SAP security systems. No. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. it's I'm just trudging along. Okay. Um... One thing that I'm happy about that uh, has returned to uh, streaming services, uh, Hulu in particular, King of the Hill is back on there. You're a real Hulu guy. You're I pay for it. I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love King of the Hill. I think it is an amazing show. 
Um, and for years, like the last six years, it's not been on any streaming service. Like they just took it off, plucked it off, and just said like, "Nope, not here anymore." It, like, w- why? It, it made me mad so often because it's like I just want something to watch or have on the background. And King of the Hill is perfect for that. Many seasons, a lot of it good. Like you just like look back, and like, "Oh, I love this episode, great," and just get into it. Um, and it was gone for so long, and now it's back just unexpectedly. Like, I immediately jump back into it. Like, yes, mm, I love these sweats. They feel so good. This is so comfortable. Um, and it's been fun. I've only seen like the first five episodes so far of season one, but it's, I'm having a great time. <laughs> um, I can tell. It's so enthusiastic. <laughs> Your face just brightened up. I am in shock. I did not know that you had such a passion and then a hole in your heart where it was, and now you're back at it again. I had no idea how much you enjoyed that show. I really do. And what I find amongst people that I know, amongst just, I think, fans in general of the show, is that they may not have liked it at first. It's like King of the Hill, that redneck show. And then you actually sit down and watch it, like, oh, this is like actually scathing of like various of liberals, of conservatives, of like just various like one minded ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And the show is very much not about that. It's about confronting your your, your beliefs and your ignorances and, like, trying to get over them through, like, conversation and interaction. It's, like, a lot of things in which Hank Hill comes to the situation, like, oh, God, this is dumb. And then, like, oh, and he actually, like, gets through it and, like, learns about it. And it's like, oh, well, now that I know more about this, like, it's not that dumb. I still think it's a little dumb, but I get it now. I understand it. Like, I've interacted with it, and I've become better by having done so. And the show is a lot about just, like, I don't know, getting through those borders and like breaking them down and like becoming a better person by learning more which is like i guess a very saccharine way of looking at it but oh, that but, does happen on the show very often and i feel like people just like just hearing the accents and like seeing the animations like whatever like no fuck you get into it <laughs> <laughs> like you don't get things like you do not get to the office without king of the hill um, Greg Daniels, who was a producer on that show, who who wrote on The Simpsons and whatnot. Oh, that's right. The next thing he went to after King of the Hill was The Office, mm. and he got that because King of the Hill. Like it's just there's a lot of fucking history in this show, and people just don't respect it. I think I or put like on that you're level. Having a one sided argument right now, but no, there's nobody saying that it's not good. It's okay, Jason. I obviously have a lot of emotions about this. You really do. I don't know that I've ever seen you get so emotional and worked up over any form of media than you have about King of the Hill, and I don't know what to do with myself. I don't... Uh, uh, I'm sure it's great. I'm sorry I'm bringing this energy into it. Period. I'll calm it down. I will, I will check myself. Jason, you let it all out, buddy. <laughs> I just am very surprised. <laughs> Um, no, that being said, I really like the show. The voice cast oh, is do? great. Oh, yes. I, if it uh, <laughs> hasn't made clear, uh, I do like it. Um, the voice cast being like a Kathy and Jimmy from uh, so many things. She was, she, in Hocus Pocus, one of the witches. Um, the witch whose, whose name everyone forgets. Um, the third dumb one? Yes. Okay, the cool. one that flies a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, Toby Huss, who is fantastic as a character actor, and also is in the new Halloween movie as well. Um, Mike Judge, of course, who's the writer, creator of the show, and creator of things like Beavis and Butthead and Office Space. Like His career is so weird and interesting, and it spanned like, a couple decades at this point. Um, but at every stage, he, it feels he's always making something relevant to where he is in his life, but also to other people. 
Um, like he started out as like writing on SNL for like a little bit, like doing shorts for them, uh, and then moving into doing Beavis and Butthead, which was a huge sensation. Oh yeah. And then what feels like almost reactionary to that, making something like King of the Hill, and then going from there into doing things like Office Space, and then from there things like Extract, and just consistently, and then now um, Silicon Valley. Oh okay. Like just a history of making things that are funny and just tearing down the things that you think they represent. Um, I feel like your surprise at it being on Hulu could have been fake and that you are not surprised because you've been writing letters every <laughs> single day to Hulu for the last four years or whatever it was being like, I need this. And then they just were like, fine. And we have 2,000 letters from this desperate guy saying he loves it. So let's just... We're just going to do it. We it's, just have to do it, guys. It's a game of chess, not checkers, okay? I've been writing letters. I spent a fortune buying controlling stakes in Fox, <laughs> CBS, ABC, all right? All for this moment. All for this one shining moment where I get to bring back King of the Hill. And you've watched five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. You better really start watching those to make it worth it. Otherwise, those execs at Hulu are going to be pissed. <laughs> this goddamn cement! <laughs> uh, but what else have you watched? Um, I don't have any passion for anything in life as much as you have for Game of the Hill. Um, so, I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh! What'd yeah. you think? Yeah. Really? It was okay. The okay. second half was more exciting than the first half. Mm-hmm. I really found the first half boring. Okay. I don't even remember that much of it. It just... Um, I don't know why in particular I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. it. I think the stakes never seemed that big, really. Okay. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um... <clears throat> um but I mean, Paul Rudd is charming. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the creepy girl. Oh, uh, ghost. Yeah, I forget the actress who plays her. But that she's was fun. that was really kind of a more interesting plot mm-hmm. that you don't really get to get into. Um, I, I can't. What was the main plot of the movie? Is basically people are trying to steal the lab. Um. But uh, Ant-Man and Evangeline Lilly and Michael What's-His-Face are also known as Catherine Zeta-Jones' husband. Michael <laughs> Douglas, there we go. Um, he, they're trying to rescue his wife because um, she went to like the quantum realm or whatever the hell mm-hmm. and is super teeny tiny. I just... Your lack of interest in the movie feels like it's just like... Yeah. I watched this movie. It was okay. But I will say the 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 only thing worth seeing of it um, was the end credit scene. Um, to fill in the gap post-Avengers. Uh, right. um, that was great, and I really did enjoy that. Um, Spoiler alert. So... They're going. <laughs> I'm just gonna say what it is, so we can talk about it. Um, they are sending Paul Rudd back into quantum size because he's going to do something so that he can help the ghost lady. Um, 
But all of a sudden he's like, guys, where are you? Guys. And Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas have poofed and turns into those little shreds of black stuff. Because, yeah. So, <laughs> they, the so they can't get out of the quantum whatever. I'm not good at explaining things. <laughs> so sorry. Shilas left that to you. Basically, he's stuck, and now what's going to happen? Yeah, so... So that was cool. And I had forgotten about that altogether getting through this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that's really cool and great and interesting. <laughs> also, hopefully it means that... I can't remember the character's name. The ghost girl. Ghost is just her name. Okay. Um, she will maybe be in the movies in the future because he was trying to help her. And I thought she was a cool character. So we'll see. I liked that they were antagonists and not enemies. Yes. Like they were not exactly like out to kill each other or right. like we need to stop ghosts. It's like, no, you are actually in trouble. We want to help you. Yeah. But we just have different ways about going about doing this. Right. Like, um, it's presented that Lawrence Fishburne is like, you know, against them. But again, mm-hmm. it's not really, I'm not your enemy. Right. You just have different goals here. Um, and that was something that threw me off, too. Like when they, they still first... have moral compasses. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that they weren't, yeah, that they just had different goals, different yeah. ends to the same means. Yeah. Um, and that there was no, like, enemy for yeah. Ant-Man to fight, necessarily. Except yeah. for, like, maybe Walton Goggins, who was, like, oh, Walton. more comic relief than, I like, an actual antagonist, I'd say. He's not a terribly threatening bad guy. Yeah. He's just like, I got my henchmen. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh... a henchman. I, I roofie people. <laughs> 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 is like what is, which is no laughing matter there's no said. laughing matter but like I, I'm into like giving people truth serum I know I truthy people is what he does yeah. gives them truth serum and like makes them tell them things yeah um I really enjoyed Michael Peña in that movie. Yeah. Um, oh, I, my God. That scene that you told me about mm-hmm. where he's narrating stuff that happened and yes. they're acting it out. It's so it like drunk history where they're actually like yes. the words. But it's his him talking it was so it was the by far the best part of that movie <laughs> it was so funny i wish they had just made a movie of that what i want ultimately i want a recap like before like the last avengers movie comes out i want a recap of everything done by him yes i want him to tell oh the story God, he's so funny i want it to be like 20 minutes long i want like every movie to be done in like the actors that play the roles uh-huh. being voiced by him <laughs> even thanos <laughs> <laughs> Until we finally get to, like, you know, where we are now. Present, yeah. Like, it is such a funny thing. When I saw it in theaters, the the entire theater was dead. (laughs) Everyone was, like, holding their chests, laughing. Like, it was just (laughs) really good. Yeah, it was great. So that was was fun. Like, Um, I think there are really good things in it. I get people not being into it, necessarily. It's hard to go from Avengers Infinity War, where literally... Mm -hmm so many lives are lost and whatnot to this very small stakes no pun intended yeah um, <laughs> situation because it's a, it's a heist it's a theft movie it is but it, it's not even a great heist movie uh, and when you have characters who have amazing powers like Thor and Captain America and Hulk and then it's just like I can get tiny, and I'm really strong. Like, okay, I I do love the display of his abilities, though. I love how it looks visually and how that looks on screen. It, like I it, mean, it did. It looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I it just it's kind of like Spider Man for me in that mm-hmm. like I get it and I get why people like it, and it's not that I disliked it. It just 
isn't hitting whatever it is that most of the other Marvel movies hit for me. I think that's that's fair. Like, I, I don't know if people have, like, a lot of investment in Ant-Man as a character necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I, I think even they don't care if you don't. Because they, they, whenever there's an Ant-Man movie, they always try to keep things into inside of, like, their little world or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's going to be in San Francisco. They're going to just deal with our characters here. We're not really going to touch on any of the other Marvel Universe characters. It's kind of just going to be all based around these eight individuals, kind of. I did like, and I remember you mentioning it, uh, Bob, uh, Bobby Cannavale's character. He just, like, <laughs> really loves Paul Rudd's character. <laughs> <laughs> and just always just hugging him and, like, really supportive. That is really funny. It's, like, very fun and, and very it's not different. even necessary at all. Yes. It's just in there. Like, hey, how's my bud doing? How's, my, <laughs> how's Scott doing? Are you all right today? Like, just very concerned about him. It's, like, in a very loving way. Yeah, it's very sweet. Um, um, I so like, yeah, there were great little parts of it. It just overall didn't do a ton for me. I liked uh, Randall Park in that a lot too. I thought he was like really oh, funny. Oh yeah, he was funny. Like him and Paul Rudd had great interactions and whatnot. Like, we go to dinner sometime. Do you really mean that? <laughs> 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 like, I, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but other things I've been watching. Um, oh yes, I've uh, been on YouTube TV. Been watching uh, yeah. Always Sunny. Uh, season 13. Oh, boy. Um, it's been on for a long time. Indeed. Um, so much longer than I think anyone ever realizes. But um, I kind of like caught up with like, a bunch of stuff on it. Um, it's, again, it's good. It's 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 always sunny again. Um, they have some fun guest stars this season. Uh, Mindy Kaling is there for an episode. Oh, awesome. Uh, standing in for one of the main characters. Um, kind of trying to take his spot. Um, <laughs> for Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis. Um, which is like fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the best episode i'll start with the worst the worst episode they have so far is like a bottle episode featuring uh charlie day mm-hmm. where he's kind of like reenacting home alone alone in like their bar that they own okay it's not very good they're trying to make it a charming awesome bottle episode but it didn't work N- not even trying to make it charming because the characters they're all dark That's and horrible true. characters yeah, so, terrible people. so it does become dark and horrible later on um the best episode so far that i've seen uh is what the, where the character dennis becomes like a normal guy like he hangs out with friends at like you know and does like fantasy football and it's just like is like unsure of himself and talking to women and it's just like wow i really like this character as a normal human being and not a sociopath mm. like it was just very fun to see that um and the source of his like confidence being his range rover that gets like destroyed <laughs> oh, no. and so he's just like i don't know what to do he just like reverts to just being a normal human being who's nice and has friends and is sociable and is just like i would like to talk to this person <laughs> And by the end of the episode, he winds up uh, realizing that one of his normal friends, like, yeah, I got this old Ranger I don't know what to do with. And then he immediately, like, I will buy this from you. Like, to regain all of his powers again. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> that's all I got to say. That's all I was saying. Um, I watched um, Hotel Artemis. Oh, how was that? It? I wanted to. I did not get to see it. How would you come about that? Um, I had kind of wanted to see it because it's, a cool cast. Mm-hmm. It, um, it is. It's Jodie Foster, who you don't really see in much anymore. And she's playing older than her age yes. in this. Yes, she's shuffling around. Mm-hmm. Jodie Foster, Dave Bautista, who's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's so handsome. He's such a man. Mm. Oh. Um, and and he's actually kind of having to do more acting than cool. I think usual. Because um, most of his characters are fairly... Um, I don't know. They, they don't talk like the heavy, like yeah, um, like not one note, but just well, in some instances, yeah, kind of one just, note. Yeah, he, 
he's just the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> oh, my. oh my! The lust in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say movie wise it's been a big year for him he had Black Panther oh God, yeah. he had Hotel Artemis which was his movie it feels like his vehicle kind of like if not, he feels featured prominently in it yes Um, and also in Predator playing a huge jerk and I loved it <laughs> <laughs> he is in a three piece suit which I absolutely love mm-hmm. but then he takes the jacket off so it's just like mm. <laughs> um, and he just looks so good and his um, brother is played by Brian Tyree Henry, right? Who's yes. okay, cool. Um, I think uh, I'm not. I think so. Okay, I recognize him. Okay. Um, and I know we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Sophia Patella, who I really like. She's cool, man. Yeah. I like seeing her in things. I know she always plays like assassins and stuff, mm-hmm. but like it works for her, and I don't mind seeing it. Yeah. Still. Um. But she actually gets to like kind of talk more and have more personality, I guess. Okay. Um, and so they're all great. Um, it felt like it was like this middle chunk of a larger film. Okay. And so like, it just felt like it was missing the beginning and like the end kind of. So they kind of throw you in like, this is the second act. Like the, the intro is gone. Like we are now in the middle of the, of the shit. A little bit and like there's more you want to know about the characters because their other their outside lives are alluded to okay but it just felt unfinished okay um interesting the the um oh jeff goldblum is in it um zachary quinto is in it jesus this yeah, feels like it's, it's the new smoke and aces or something like that um the plot is that jodie foster runs this um basically a hospital for bad guys to come in and similar to the club that John Wick goes to. Like the where, hotel. Yeah, no one is allowed. You, there are rules. You can't be killing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. If you're here, this neutral, is neutral ground. It's a neutral ground, yeah. Okay. Um, and so uh, Sterling King Brown and his brother come in and because um, they're hurt after something goes wrong. Um, and so Dave Bautista is the assistant to Jodie Foster who plays the doctor. Okay. Or I think he calls her nurse. Um who's fixing everyone up and it's uh set in the future it's very technological really? stuff. Oh yeah. wow. I thought or it was at like... least the technology is very futuristic, okay. I should say. Um Oh, Charlie Day is in it. Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> is this um, is smoking aces. As another guy and he and Sophia Boteller are also just at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Goldblum plays this um, hardcore bad guy that everyone's afraid of, and now he's coming there. Okay. Zachary Quinto is his son. Wow. I could see Zachary Quinto being the son of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, right? That makes sense. Um, he's such a little shit. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, like I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I don't think this does. Jeff Goldblum is this, like, everyone's terrified of him. He's the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. No one in the city touches him. Mm-hmm. If you get in his way, you're screwed. Um, but you don't really see any of that. You just know he has this reputation, but there's nothing to really support that. He's right. not particularly intimidating or it's anything. Like a paper tiger kind of. It's like yeah, you're tough, but every, because everyone says you're tough, right? I don't tough? see any evidence of this. Okay. Um. So in it, 
they it all kind of felt that way of just like but i want to know more like i want to know your i you find out some of um oh jenny slate's in it <laughs> great fantastic <laughs> um and she's great um they spare, it feels like they spared no expense on the cast. They didn't. But it just feels like they got like the right people that I really like a lot. <laughs> I know, and which is, I think, part of why I want to know more about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know more of their backstories. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see them do more stuff once they get out into the world. Um, so, yeah, it just, everything kind of felt unfinished. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's... I have to. I feel like I have to differentiate between something I enjoy and like a quality film. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Okay. Is it an amazing movie? No. Which is but fine. Yeah. I. I. It was a Friday night thing, and I was like, "This is great. This is exactly what I want and what I expected it to be." There's nothing. I think. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and with a crazy cool cast. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Um. Yeah, I I plan to see that movie at some point in time. I'm I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I would like to check that out. Yeah. Really, um, cast sounds insane. It is, but, it um, really is. Do want to check that out? Um, something else that I wound up watching as well. Um, wound up watching uh, Return of the Living Dead um, from 1986, I believe. Um, it was fun. That movie was a lot of fun. Um, it is a splinter off from like, the Night of the Living Dead series. Um, I believe some people that were involved in that or the production of that went off to make their own thing, like, outside of George Romero's stuff. Um, in this, it's a very weird zombie movie in the fact that, like, um, zombies can talk. Um, they want to eat people because it helps to pr- at least temporarily alleviate the pain of death, which they experience Aww. all the time. That, that is makes them kind of sympathetic back kind of sympathetic but they are gruesome oh, killer yeah. things okay. in this less sympathetic yeah um the makeup effects are amazing in it like for the time especially mm-hmm. like these are very terrifying looking things um just like skin falling off of things and just like exposed bone it's just really well done um the plot of it being that you know this young guy and this old guy that work at this like uh mortuary not mortuary but they work at like a a container factory kind of thing um the old guy says hey want to get some cool kid takes him downstairs and shows him like you know these containers that were left there by the military years ago of just like dead bodies like locked oh, in these God. sealed things and that's not something cool to show yeah. a young man he's like 18, 17 18 but still, still a young man. the kid's like whoa this is like really creepy like you know is this is this safe like of course it's safe that was no. by the u.s army corps engineers and it immediately pops open and sprays them down with like zombie juices juices oh god um and in this classic zjs <laughs> you Gross. gotta watch out for the zombie juice gotta wear the goggles <laughs> um but what happened was uh, in the in the film they get sprayed with the stuff uh, uh the zombie it reanimates everything in the place oh no so like there's like a diorama of like you know uh of like a dog like that was like cut in half like hey here's how like, the organs work and all that stuff like a taxidermy dog basically mm-hmm. the dog came back to life and oh, is like you know no. barking and yelping and all that stuff Aww. they work like right next to a mortuary a guy came back to life and was like running around and all this stuff so it's life juices it's it, yes life juices okay um and the thing is zombies can't die in this like oh. they th- oh no and this is a movie where in which zombie movies exist uh oh, they yeah. call over the order of the place like all right it's all cool. I've seen movies. It's worked in the movie. <laughs> it's work here. Hold that thing down. I'm going to put this pickaxe right through its head. Right. 
does it it screams even louder like "Ah!" Like, and they're all terrified like jesus christ oh my god it's very funny but at the same time very scary and they're like okay all right okay that didn't work just cut off his head right that's gotta work they cut off the head the thing gets up and keeps flailing and running around and they're losing their minds like oh my god this is the worst day ever dead bodies flailing i've learned is not something i enjoy it's it was it is deeply disturbing i learned that from the movie it yeah it is fucking crazy (laughs) because it's always like jerky motions Mm -hmm. i don't like that i don't like the crazy like fast twitchy jerky motions that doesn't sit well with me Mm -mm. um but yeah it 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 was it's really well done it's a blend of because there's a lot of older actors in it actually like men aged 40 and up that that they deal with like three or four of them that's and my like, kind of guys but also, talking, Jason. but also like a lot of younger actors as well like, like i also like those like, like men and women like in like their mid-20s to like you know mm-hmm. late teens oh that's not appropriate okay so, <laughs> well late teens being like 18 19 cool uh, <laughs> um but like you get to see like you know we're looking at the kids like we're like punk rock kids or whatever and just like you know seeing their dialogue and their interactions and then we cut back to like, the older men and it just feels like like an older movie from like the 60s or 70s where it's like the acting is like stagey but not mm-hmm. never but, but not bad mm-hmm. and it just feels very much like oh this feels like not of the living dead versus this new 1980s version of it and at one point they, they do get together and it clashes and becomes this weird new thing and it's good i would recommend it if you're looking for something that's like not a traditional zombie movie okay. kind of thing okay but also get ready for some shocking special effects okay um but i i liked it <laughs> cool yeah um i think that's pretty much all i watched mm-hmm. um i would like to officially add alexander skarsgård to the husband list that makes sense i'm surprised he was not there already I'm so sorry, Andrew. Oh, oh my God, I called him Andrew. It's Alexander. <laughs> Is oh God. he even on Oh, God, this? forgive me. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Um, I rewatched part of Tarzan. It was just like, good gracious. Oh, oh the most recent Tarzan movie. Okay. Yes. I feel like Tarzan and Robin Hood are two things they make every five years they that do. no one cares about. Exactly. <laughs> I cared, Alexander. <laughs> Care I about cared about the Mabs. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, naturally, I went on YouTube and just watched a million interviews with him. Okay. And he seems very funny mm-hmm. and down to earth and delightful. Have you ever seen True Blood? No. I feel there are select episodes that you should watch for him. I'm sure there are. <laughs> <laughs> From what I heard. Um, but you know what? I want him to remain pure in my mind. <laughs> So I will probably refrain from that. Okay. Because I like the Tarzan version. Okay. Tarzan's or, a nice guy. He, and he's popping up in a bunch of stuff. Um, there's a new show. Oh, crap. I don't know if it's HBO or the little, it's the little drummer girl. Have you seen? I've seen, heard nothing about this. Um, He's going to be in that and he looks real good. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, oh, he's officially on there. Good okay. Heavens. Along with Sterling K. Brown, Michael SKB, mm-hmm. the, the three-piece suit man. <laughs> that He's a well-dressed man. Could not have been more perfect. It was tight, but not too tight. <laughs> God bless the costume designer. <laughs> yes, um, and Jason Manzukis and Richard Iwani. Uh, okay, of those course. Are, those are my, my five right now. I saw a very fun interview with Jason Manzukis where he's like going over uh, records that he picked up. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the 
at Amoeba, yeah. I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. He has some very eclectic tastes, but I like it. Like, it's very all over the place. Like, whoa, you're really into world music. Cool. He is really into music in general. He used to be a drummer. I could tell you so much more, but it's just, <laughs> like, deeply disturbing. So I won't. Okay. But um, I was not surprised because I know his life story. <laughs> it's really sad. I need a life bad. Um... <laughs> I just disqualified myself, disqualified myself from becoming his wife. It's fine, I get it. God damn it! Never say never. All right. Well, it was. I, I watched an interview, his interview with Kevin Pollak, mm-hmm. and so you just kind of everyone who goes on there kind of goes over their life stories. So okay, that's why. Interesting. I know he has a movie coming out actually pretty soon. Um, the Long Dumb Road. Yes, yeah, the Long Dumb Road. Looks funny. Which uh, looks interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's fall time. It's a time for like, you know, those indie darlings to like get their due a little bit. Um, and speaking of which, I still really, really want to see mid nineties. Would really like to check that out. And, uh, eighth grade. And eighth grade. Well, eighth grade's available on, uh, Amazon right now. It is. To I rent. don't know. I will see it one day. Mm-hmm. I just, it's been a while since I've been in eighth grade, mm-hmm. but. I don't really want to go back to that time. <laughs> and I know it'll be... Could be a potential downer. So kind of heartbreaking and gut-wrenching that I can't bring myself to watch mm-hmm. it. But I will one day. Okay. And there's always something to be said about good kid actors. Oh, yeah. She seems great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very curious about that. Um, I've got nothing else of real note that I've seen, okay. I guess. Um, one thing I watched that was enjoyable, I guess it's certainly worth mentioning. Uh, I saw uh, a WWE pay-per-view. Um <laughs> Called Evolution is the first all women's uh, pay per view. Oh, um, and it was good. It was a a, a good time. Um, a little too long, but all the pay per views are a little too long. Um, and it was enjoyable. Like it was really enjoyable, top to bottom. Um, and hopefully there will be more of that, and not just like once a year. Like I don't know, just more prominence on the show would be really cool. Um, you said it was really enjoyable, but you looked real sad when you were talking about it. Uh, I guess for other reasons. I'd like a little, just a tiny pinch of that King of the Hill enthusiasm. <laughs> I guess because Jeez. of the shame of talking about wrestling in general. Why are you sh- no, I don't know. Zero shame. Um, but no. Evolution was really good. It was... Why was uh, one it my favorite. Evolu- Sorry. Why is it called Evolution? Yeah. Because there's a women's revolution going on right now oh, cool. in wrestling, and they just, like, we got a name. Like, we got to call it Evolution because I think there's something else they have called Revolution or something like oh, that. Okay. And they didn't want to confuse people because um, we are so easily confused <laughs> as wrestling fans. Um, one thing fans are not confused about are their <laughs> actions in Saudi Arabia because they went over there to do a show, and fans are not plussed about that at all. Mm. Um, so, yeah it's it's going to be a weird time for them um, um, how many ladies were involved none because they weren't allowed to go oh yeah that's the bullshit that that yeah. it's a two-faced nonsense of just like oh yeah there's a whole great revolution happening which there is but at the same time so they can't go to this thing because of reasons that you're involved with this country because they're paying you a billion dollars to do shows over 10 years literally a billion dollars like what? so you're willing to just cut out this whole sector that is like on fire right now and doing really well and is very good because they're not allowed to be in this country. Jesus. Got it. Um, well, yeah, like one of the wrestlers can't go over there because like he is his family is Syrian, uh-huh. so he's you can't go. 
you are literally not allowed to be here. Wow. Yeah. So it's just like, what is actually the, the agenda here? If it's just to make money, say that. Yeah. As opposed to saying we're building bridges and like, oh, you know, bullshit, yeah. creating like, you know, cultural change. It's like, no, don't, no, no. no you're not. It's a cash grab. Yeah. Say that and go with it. So that's like what is like upsetting, I guess, in my voice about yeah, just like, no, this is. is really cool, but also this is happening at the same mm. time. Um, did, how many ladies were involved in evolution? Um, a lot. Um, huge roster. Um, I would say, man, on that evening they had like the, the twenty person battle royal plus like two, two, two. I want to say close to like forty five separate ladies that night. Um, is there? Um, uh, forgive my ignorance because I don't know anything about wrestling, mm-hmm. but I feel like that will probably change because of our friends. <laughs> um, is there? Is it just? Um, um ladies going up against each other and then the battle royale that you mentioned or is there like a plot to it or oh, both well of course plots building over the course of like weeks to months prior to that okay, for okay. separate matches that occurred within gotcha. um and of course the battle royale being like you know a lot of new wrestlers like a lot of like older wrestlers from, from the late 90s like coming back and like you know interacting with like the younger wrestlers is like so people got to, like, to meet their heroes like the inspirations awesome. for like why they got into the business in the first place and like great things like Instagram people like breaking down backstage and crying of just like oh my god I can't believe I actually like got to meet you oh, and like work with you that's so lovely and it's like oh like this is like really awesome to see and like you know um and it was great to see the people that from that era come back and still be awesome at it and like it's like yeah like this is yes this is what it's all about like building bridges and having a good time and like fans enjoying positive, it also. it was super positive um and it was cool to like cut to like ladies husbands in the audience oh, that's and just awesome. being like you go yes like seeing them <laughs> getting into it was like really fun like like guys holding like you know their kids or whatever like Aww. just like yeah like you know that's it was amazing. it was nice and like there should be more of that it shouldn't yeah. just be like once a year yeah um and that being said, it looked like a sold-out house um, awesome. in the Nassau Coliseum where they did it in uh, Long Island. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really positive thing next to this really nice yeah. thing that occurred. Um, but, yeah, that, that being said, um, yeah, that, it, it, was, it was a good night awesome. in watching it. Um, did you have anything else? Just the assignment, because guess who's the good student <laughs> this week? Me. I did the assignment. Good job. Just rub it in my face. Life got in the way sometimes. I'm nervous yeah. assignment in 20 episodes. This is episode 20, by the way. This was going to be 21, but there were some issues with some recordings. Because I'm the worst, <laughs> and I accidentally turned off my microphone. <laughs> Um, so some real highs and lows for me over the past couple of weeks. Whoops. Um, so, um, I watched The Monster Squad. Okay. I watched it on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It was everything that I wanted it to be. Really? Yes. <laughs> it really was. Um, because it's so 80s, um, I will say there is the classic, unfortunate 80s homophobia a bit. Yeah, that does happen in there. Yes. So so putting that out there. Certainly, um, yeah. Just at the beginning a bit, it, I think that's pretty much it. But it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that aside, um, it's the kids are great. Um, the So the... Do you want to explain the plot? Because I'm clearly not great at it. Oh, um, it's been a while, but I think I can recall pretty clearly. Um, so these kids who are like you know in like who are twelve or thirteen years old in school, or whatever, they have a quote unquote like squad where they get together and discuss like you know 
just be it the bs that kids do yeah like talking about like who could beat who in a fight like you know uh oh frankenstein's like the best monster like screw that wolfman's like the best um things like that um but one day well prior to that we we meet up with these kids before that they the movie opens up with like a van helsing going into like dracula's castle to kill him Mm -hmm. um and being sent through a time portal like back to (laughs) like the 1980s where like he lands there or um he lands there and then like the movie starts dracula's in our time his plane has come over from transylvania to the u.s yes and he's just waking up all his little monster buddies yeah to like to get this amulet this pendant that has flown through time and landed in this small town Mm -hmm. um and these kids stumble into this whole event yes like they are now wrapped up in it because i believe they find the amulet correct yes okay and dracula wants that mother effing amulet yes because it just allows him to like take over the world Mm -hmm. um it has everything that you would expect in an 80s movie of, mm-hmm. like, a sassy young child. Uh-huh. The little sister is freaking hilarious. Ah, uh, she's so adorable. And she's a genuinely good actress. Uh-huh. And she's so young. She's gotta she's... be, like, six. Yeah. Tops. If that. Yeah. And she, like, her timing is good. Mm-hmm. Her, like, tone and stuff is good. She's killing it. Yeah. She was possibly my favorite character. <laughs> and she kind of saves the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a creepy neighbor who ends up being a good guy the yeah scary who they call scary german guy <laughs> um and they're terrified of him they just yeah. like you know because he has a classic creepy house yeah you don't really see him a lot um it has a pervy like 14 year old who looks at a half naked woman through a window with mm-hmm. binoculars um it's He's like the older yeah. kid that joins up with them yeah. later on, right? Yes. Okay. Like he smokes cigarettes. Yeah. Like he has He's like so he rides a motorcycle Rudy. or something like that. He's so cool. <laughs> he, doesn't, he just has a bicycle <laughs> and a leather jacket and a smoking problem. <laughs> um, probably gonna have lung cancer in the future. Um, so it's just this group of ragtag kids. Um, Frank, there's Frankenstein, the Wolfman. Um, Creatures from, from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. uh, Dracula. Is that it? Um, I believe there's one. Who else is? Who am I missing? I think that might be it, actually. It? Oh, the Mummy. The Mummy as well. Um, all the Universal Classic monsters. Yes. Um, so it's them kind of running around town trying to figure out how to destroy the dracula and stuff mm-hmm. frankenstein befriends the little girl in particular yes and it's really sweet and they recreate like the feeling of like in the original frankenstein film of yeah. like the girl that he finds in the field and whatnot right. but bad things don't happen this time yes. it's so cute and sweet <laughs> and at the end she tosses him her little teddy bear as he's flying through the portal through oh time oh my god it was so lovely <laughs> so i was like i felt so terrible for him mm-hmm. so i was glad that he had some comfort yeah um i will say the weirdest part is i don't know if you remember it um it's at the end Mm -hmm. uh they're going to the church trying to get into the church Mm -hmm. and then dracula comes in and the dad who's a great dad he's a cop Mm-hmm. I like that they're randomly having marital problems, but it's just kind yeah, of weird, that's like, like f storyline. Yeah, it is there the subplot for some reason? Matter at all. <laughs> like the kid, like the main kid, or whatever. Like yeah. his parent, his dad is like you know on the a police cop. force. So yeah. He's a cop, and like you know his mom is like I don't know what she does, or whatever. But they're having trouble at home, yeah. and I guess it informs like well, that's why I hang with my friends all the time. In the clubhouses. I don't want to deal with that. I guess so. <laughs> and like he and his dad have like a really lovely bond. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's no real need for it and i don't know if there's other scenes with them that they just left mm-hmm. on the cutting room floor it's super random whatever <laughs> i was expecting something <laughs> to happen it didn't um <coughs> so they're at the church the dad cop shoots dracula when he's in bat form and mm-hmm. dracula um flies goes to the window goes to the window of the church Right, I think so. Was it or was that of like the the building that like where he fights the Wolfman? I don't know because <laughs> I thought it was the church because uh-huh. they're standing right by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go upstairs, presumably into the church, and they're fighting. And there's a bunch of Adidas shoeboxes. There's a lot of product placement in this movie. There's so, and I was like, <laughs> are they at the church? Why does the church have like a surplus of Adidas <laughs> shoes? You gotta have those shell toes. Like so All many, right. <laughs> so many boxes. And I was very confused. And I was like, I gotta ask Jason about this. These priests got a ball out here. All right? Apparently, <laughs> they are hustling on the side. Oh, <laughs> um, so that made me laugh. So I don't know what building he flies into. I guess a shoe store with an attic. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but it was really fun. It was like I think it was only an hour and a half. It was really quick. It's very quick too. Um, um there are some fun subversive lines of just like uh they like incorporate like the the main kid's like older sister into like you know help them save oh, the day. Yeah, yeah. All right, like you know only a virgin can read the inscription like you know get us through this like sister absolutely. Classic 80s pervy. And then it's like well actually no, I got into some stuff last summer. It was really fun. Like ah, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, classic dumb older sister who's mm-hmm. like pretty or whatever and popular. A lot of um, dumb but fun eighties tropes. Because like the the one the reason why they incorporate her into like well she reads German she took German right. in high school and also like yeah she's like got she's, she's virtuous yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, there were some fun things in there. Um, it keeps I, moving along. It too. does. Like it just keeps going from beat to beat. Yeah. I love how ruthless Dracula is with these kids. He he is not messing around. He's playing for keeps. Yeah. <laughs> and these kids really have to stay on their toes to like go up against Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, my favorite line of the movie is he throws a dynamite into the clubhouse, walks away, meeting a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like who are you? <laughs> How'd you know where the clubhouse was? <laughs> And the fact that, like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess around and, like, try and, like, go in there and ruin them because I could. I'm Dracula. I want to play it safe and throw dynamite at a distance. Like, I know, move. I know this thing means something to them. <laughs> so, if I'm not crushing you, I'll crush your spirit. Did he know they were in there? They weren't in there. Because they weren't in there. Did he think? Because if he didn't think they were in there, if he was just blowing up their house out of spite. That's what I thought that it was. That seems amazing. Because <laughs> he did I, I kind of... I was under the impression that that's what it was. I thought he was going in there because he thought they were in there. But if it's just, I'm blowing up their treehouse because of spite. Because just like, <sighs> fuck you, little Dracula, twerps. nice. Like, no, I respect you as equals. You come against me? <laughs> <laughs> you come against my family? <laughs> like, we are in it now. This is war. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun little romp. Okay. It was a good, um, if you like to watch like hocus pocus and kind of silly stuff like that during the october months i think it hangs out in that it's realm. totally in that realm mm-hmm. it's fun it's light mm, yeah yeah um oh, yeah shit i didn't think of oh okay yeah of what to assign you but it'll just still be the same assignment yeah you were the gallant i was the goofus who did not do their assignment you are justified in every way <laughs> you have a life you got stuff going on um <laughs> 
but I did change it. So I said Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Is, but I'm going to change it to um, this. I don't know if it was the BBC. It was on British television. Mm-hmm. It was a three-part miniseries called And Then There Were None mm-hmm. based on um, an Agatha Christie novel. It has a ton of British people. The only British person I did not recognize um, was the main girl. She's like a 20-something. Oh, she's but, just new to the game, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but every other British actor, Charles Dance. Ooh, okay. Um, Brother Noomsie. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. He uh, played a character in uh, The Golden Child going up against Eddie Murphy. He was like the antagonist of that movie. And uh, bro- and Eddie Murphy consistently calls him throughout the film uh, Brother Noomsie um, to make fun of him. His name is Sardo Noomsie in the movie, and he just consistently jabs at him with that. You didn't pick Game of Thrones. You picked the obscure thing that I had no I idea about. I love that movie. It is not obscure <laughs> to me. I've seen it many times. Um, who else is in it? Oh, I know you'll recognize people. Um, the guy who plays, I don't know if it's Keely or Feely, the brown-haired one in The okay. Hobbit. Okay. He looks real good. <laughs> they got him in a towel because they knew what was up. <laughs> in the third part, I appreciated hey, it. Hey, wet that towel down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Oh crap! Who else is in it? Um. Um. Oh, the guy from Torchwood, Burn Gorman. Is that his name? Oh yeah, yeah. He's in there. Okay. Um. He's got a great name. Consistently. He does. <laughs> um. Yeah. So and a bunch of other people whose faces you'll probably recognize. Cool. All right. Um. Yeah, the uh, I don't kind of part of me doesn't even want to tell you the plot. I'm curious I mean, with a title like and then and they then were they none. Were done. Yeah, like feels like people get eliminated at some kind of party. But You're who's on the to right say? Because you say Agatha, Agatha Christie, it usually means like you know some very fancy people in a very fancy setting with some ill deeds going on. You summed it up. <laughs> um, but like, it's not cheesy. Like, there's a budget. It's really dark. Oh yeah, I don't. I wouldn't it's think it's well cheesy done. at all. Um, because uh, I feel like they made a lot of, probably more so in the 90s, um, 80s and 90s, made a lot of kind of movies and stuff based on Agatha Christie novels. Right. But this one had some money in it. They really do go out to this island and, um, yeah, I think you'll like it. Okay. It's still kind of, even though it's November, it's still kind of in the Halloween creepy theme. I'm fine with that. Um, I was going to give you something else because I didn't think of anything else, but had this one like just in the, the chamber, mm-hmm. I guess, just in case. Um, the the Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Um, currently on HBO now. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit before. Yes. But um, Kiefer Sutherland has an earring. Has an earring, has a mullet. Um, the dad from Richie Rich is in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and it's not like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Diane, Diane Weist is in there, I believe. Uh, um, Diane Weist, she's in like a bunch of like New York stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's ridiculous. It is in the same vein as like Monster Squad, kind okay. of, but a little bit more grown up. Okay. Definitely for like teenagers. Okay. I would say. Um, and yeah, it is one of my favorite Halloween time movies. Um, although we're not really in Halloween time anymore. It's still the fall. Well, it's the fall. Um, it's a good fall movie, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for you. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening, of course. Um, you know, follow us on the things on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, some cool things going up on the Instagram right now. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, send us an email, observe report podcast at gmail.com. 
Um, and yeah, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, we love hearing from you. We love seeing what people are listening. Um, and again, thank you guys so much. Um, we hope to, you know, do this again with you next time. Uh, and again, thanks and thank goodbye. You. See Bye. you next time.